Hey, Nikki. Hey, Selena. Oh, my God. I haven't seen you in forever. Oh, my God. I think it's been a second ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's our third episode recording of the day. That's right. We're doing, we're doing them in batches, people. Maybe we'll get it right this time. And hello, everyone. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to Sweet Tea and TV, where today we're covering Season 2, Episode 14. Oh, my gosh. Are we already at Episode 14? Episode 14, second time around, first time around for this episode in talking about it. Fifth time around where you and I saw it. <laughs> 70th time around. No. Um, but first, it's the proof survey. Hold on to your pants, people. Or take them off. Okay. No, keep them on. Okay. Keep them on. It just depends where you are. That's very true. <laughs> Number question. Number question. Number question. Number. In case we haven't proven that this is number three of recordings today, twenty nine. Which historical figure do you most identify with? Humpty Dumpty. Oh, because no, he kidding. fell off the wall. I'm just kidding. Uh, I take umbrage with this question. Oh, okay. Tell me why. Because uh, well-behaved m- women rarely make history. And I'm pretty much a rule follower and well-behaved, so I don't think I'm like very many historical figures that you would remember. I Okay, so I think we're coming at this from similar directions. Um, who do you think you are, Proust? <laughs> <laughs> Just who do you think that you are? Are you the kind of person who leaves your alarm on <laughs> in the middle of a recording? Are you? <laughs> if he is, then Selena's Proust. <laughs> we have something in common. <laughs> um, so I, I'm sort of feeling the same way. Like, I just, I don't identify with any historical figures that I know of. Mm-mm. I feel like my self-esteem is much too low for that. Mm-hmm. So if it's someone who's like a historical figure for bad reasons, I don't necessarily feel like a criminal. Right. Or like a, a criminal mastermind. Right. But I'm not smart the, enough for that. I'm not John Dillinger. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, what am I going to say? Uh, oh, well, you know, Abraham Lincoln. Because, no. No. <laughs> I'm just trying to get through the day. Yep. Although, we all put our pants on. One Leg at a time. Sure. Unless, right. Rare right. times you have someone hold them open and you jump in them for fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really have an answer is my I answer. Don't you know what? And that's okay. That's okay. So take that, Proust. <laughs> uh, the second question for today is who are your heroes in real life? I don't have a specific name. There are a lot of people that I think are amazing. And I respect. Okay, keep going. going. So I won't say I have a specific name. I will say that the people that I find heroic are the people who stand up against injustice or just something wrong in the moment without even thinking about it. And that's the sort of backbone that I hope when the Rub Kyle calls it the dare to be great moment. I hope one day, if I have my dare to be great moment, that I have the backbone to do the things that those like everyday heroes do. I'm not sure I do, but I hope I do. Hmm. Okay. There have been a lot of those like little stories on the news, probably the last few, well, I mean forever, but especially the last few years, those are the parts of the news where I'm like, yeah, you get it. Where someone says like, 
why are, you know, like they're caught on camera, you know, someone's cell phone saying like, that's not cool. Why are you doing that right now? Or I watched this entire story on TikTok. It was told in a funny way, but this woman was basically telling the story of a young girl working at a shop and she was taking a long time to check an older woman out. And finally, the older woman just kind of like lost her mind and was like, that took you long enough. Why are you so slow? And how dumb are you? And just like was really rude to the girl. And the girl took her, took the lady's stuff back and said, I will um, put the money back on your credit card. Um, but I, I don't want someone like you shopping in my store. And the woman was like, your store? Let me talk to your manager. Who owns this place? And the girl was like, I do. This is my shop. And we don't treat people like that in my shop. Mm. That's like an everyday hero moment mm-hmm. to say like, you know what, man? This world sucks enough. We don't need sucky people getting away with being sucky. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. I, so I think something that's um, resonating with me as you talk is this idea of also people are so obsessed with fame mm-hmm. and being known mm-hmm. and um, like, you know, whether it is um, on social media or whether it's like, traditional fame or whatever the case is that it's it's just become to this level that is it's a big turnoff for me mm-hmm. so what i like that you're saying are these people who are just everyday people they're doing what feels right in the moment and they're not necessarily looking for any credit yeah man there's so many more normal people in the world than mm-hmm. there are like truly famous people mm-hmm. or truly notable And there's so many more of us. Mm -hmm. So like if we could all just be good in those everyday moments and stand up for the right thing, this world would be so much better. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of hope that there are a lot of people out out there like that. We just don't see that because that doesn't always make the news. That's not the story that's going to make you click a news article. But the fact that more and more people come out because of social media, they capture these moments on their phones and then post them. You're seeing like, no, there are good people out in the world. They just operate under the radar and you don't see it. I like it. Well, I, so I, I had doubt it when they said real life, I'm like, so my real life. And I was thinking they meant like someone, you know, right. And so, I, I don't know. I think, I think even the word hero is kind of tough for me. Yeah. Um, because that does come with these connotations of this just like otherworldly like you know that you just fix this huge problem or picked a car up off of someone or you know whatever the case is and I've had a lot of heroes in my life Mm -hmm. um and you know uh people who um have just moved me in different ways and a lot of them are in my family um I mean I think I've I've seen people in my family do a lot with a little. Um, I've seen them work their way through really tough times and overcome what seemed insurmountable in the moment. Um, and whether that's, but I've seen like all in these really incredibly different ways. Um, whether it's, uh, my mom is a single mom, um, or like my aunt who just cares so deeply for so many people and like really tries to go out in the community and do good works. Um, you know, uh, or like both of my grandmothers that came up in a time when it was even more challenging to be a woman. 
and the things that they went through and the stories that they've told me. So I, I think from that perspective, I just feel like, I feel like so many people in my life have filled that position. Um, and also I, I think the thing that bothers me about a question like this is like have, saying anybody's name in particular and making anybody else feel less special somehow. And right. I, I think those kinds of questions are a little difficult for me. So what I'm trying to say is you're all heroes in my life, especially her mom and her aunt. <laughs> right. I think that's why I kind of go back to, I keep, I feel like maybe I'm taking the easy way out on some of the questions we've taken uh, in the last couple of episodes, because I'm focusing on characteristics that I associate with these things sure. versus individual people. Because, yeah, again, to me, a true hero. I mean, there are people who have done amazingly heroic things. That World War II episode we did a few mm -hmm. episodes ago, we talked about some people who made history for being otherworldly amazing. Mm -hmm. A sense, like, in a way I can't fathom being. But I also think, again, there's so many more stories of everyday people doing the right thing when no one's looking. Mm -hmm. The person who sees someone like one day I'm driving to work, it starts drizzling and I have a blowout and I pull over to the side of the road and I'm panicking because I don't know what I'm going to do. I can change my own tire. I'm in work clothes. It's work time and it's raining. I don't really want to, but I'm getting my stuff out to do it. And a man pulls over out of nowhere and changes my tire for me. He doesn't expect anything. He doesn't want anything. He didn't do it because he thought I looked weak. He did it because it looked like the right thing to do. Those everyday heroes are incredible to me. That is amazing. My parents do stuff like that all the time where they just go out of their way to do things because it kind of looks like someone might be having a hard time. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that I think like it's cool when you have these amazing heroes who make change on a big level. But it's also really cool to have individual people out there in the world doing individual things. You need both. You need both, yeah. We need everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's... I, I think that's important. I also think something we talked about around that episode too was just this idea that like sometimes we put people on pedestals because if you just ask them, they will be like, I I was just doing my job. I was just doing my job, man. Yep. So. Speaking of heroes. <laughs> speaking of them. Does Charlene need a hero? There's a hero. <laughs> I was just thinking, I need a hero. Oh, we went two different hero songs. Yeah. <laughs> hero the sub. I'm hungry again. Don't think I can't take this to food. I will. So we've got episode 14, second time around. Uh, Hulu says, when Charlene falls in love with a man who is still grieving the loss of his first wife, Julia relates her own experience and convinces him not to feel guilty about enjoying Charlene's company. IMDb says, Bill tells Charlene he's not ready to go deeper into their relationship. Charlene becomes withdrawn and Julia talks to Bill about how she felt when her husband Hayden died. This one aired January 11th, 1988. I feel like that first one, that Hulu description is written like we don't know who Bill is. Right. So this one was written by LBT and directed by David Trainer. So I, I preface for you at the beginning, I don't have that much for this episode because I think uh, it didn't really draw me in. I will be very frank that on the my very first watch, I, I felt just like, ugh. This is not for me. I liked it a lot more on the second watch. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> so I think one big general reaction I had sort of plays into this week's Extra Sugar, mm -hmm. which is, uh, spoiler alert, going to be about Hollywood kisses in the rain. The mm -hmm. kiss in the rain Hollywood trope. My first general reaction to this is that Charlene's life feels like a fairy tale lately. Mm, okay. The things that are happening in her life the storyline with Bill, 
I am not surprised at any twist or turn that it takes. I'm expecting that to come as a great imbiber of romantic comedies, just in my life, Mm. just in general. Mm -hmm. It's very romantic comedy, very fairy tale-y. I think I'm here for it. Like, I think I enjoy this because I love Charlene. I think she deserves a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Um, I like it, but it doesn't leave a lot for surprise for me. Does any of that resonate with you? Do you feel fairy tale-y about her life? I, okay, so from some, I guess I'm I'm sitting here thinking like, girl comes from small town, goes to like the big city, mm-hmm. um, and, and she goes falls through in a love. series of bad boyfriends, right? Falls in love with a colonel in uh-huh. the military, a man in uniform, sure, who treats her really well, mm-hmm. respects her boundaries, mm-hmm. um, protects her. They have their falling apart. They have their falling back together. There is this subplot of his wife dying. Mm-hmm. He's a widower. I think it's following the general line. I, I do. I don't know. I think um, I, I do think we get to see something that you don't normally get to see, which is like her going. She, I mean, she goes into a pretty dark place. And I don't know. We always get to see that. They might. I felt like that was a pretty big chunk of this episode Mm -hmm. and normally i feel like it's um maybe given two minute real estate or something and for a 22 minute sitcom we we spent a a good bit of time with her and her fluffy pink robe Mm -hmm. um actually one of the things that did strike me in this episode about charlene specifically is they are talking towards the beginning of the episode her and bill are before any of these like problems erupt and she says something about how she doesn't feel like a part of her generation, the MTV generation. I just thought that was kind of funny because I would have never put her at that age. So weird to me. Yeah. Because uh, she's in her early 30s, right? I, th- I think we think that she's either late 20s or early 30s, somewhere in there. If In real life, yes, she's in her early 30s. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of these women, I don't think of any of them. Right. It's MTV generation. Technically, our moms are part of the MTV generation. And even I don't think of my mom as part of the MTV generation. I think of us as the... I know that's not right. But Mm -hmm. when I think about the trajectory of MTV, I think of us as the MTV generation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So... And then my other general reaction... That went a little sideways. My other general reaction is that I think Bill's struggle might be really relatable to some people. Sure. This concept of losing the person that you were expecting to spend forever with, losing them, and then trying to figure out what's appropriate in this new world for yourself. And yeah, I mean, and just still being fairly young. Yeah. Um, And I think I can't even imagine how hard that would be to like try and not have that guilt. Um, and feel okay and suddenly feeling these feelings that you thought that no one else could ever give you. I mean, that's like, I think that's why like the second time I watched it between her reaction and we know that Charlene's been hurt a lot. And then like, I think, you know, it's not like Bill didn't cheat on her. He didn't do like, you know, he didn't just get tired of her or anything like that. I mean, he is really having a true push pull within himself. And I think watching those kind of emotional notes the second time, they got me. It's morbid. Um, But I I think we should talk about death more. I mean, I really think everyone in general should talk about death more because I think there's a lot that goes unsaid in life that when you die, it leaves people with a sense of 
of lacking. Like, mm-hmm. like you never close the loop. I have told Kyle, I want him to find love after me. Like if I'm gone, you find someone that makes you happy. Cause I, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. I wish it were you and me happy together, but I'm off in whatever the next life is. I'm happy over here. So you mm-hmm. should be happy over here. I hope, I hope mm-hmm. that's what happens to me. Um, but yeah, I, I want him to be happy. Mm-hmm. I think that's what most people would want if they really truly love their partner. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't. I guess it, it takes all kinds. Um, I you think, don't want Casey to be happy. Oh no, I want him to be happy. Mine is more. I can't even get past like when I think about being here and him not being here. I can barely handle it. Oh no, I'm capable of thinking about me not being here. The other half of it, yes. I can't think of. So that's I can't ever get past in our conversation, me saying, I, I need me to go first. Yeah. Oh, sure. And so... In my mind, it doesn't happen the other way. <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think, of course, I, I would want him to be happy. Um, I also do yeah. believe, and I don't mean to cut off your train yeah. of thought, but I do feel like it's important to say, you can also be happy not getting married again. Like my yes. grandfather passed many years ago. My grandmother never got remarried. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she was completely turned off of the idea, although she certainly believed my grandfather was the one for her, but she's never met someone. And I think that's the other thing. Like I'm, I guess it depends on your age. It depends on where you are in life. But like, if I'm 60 years old, I'm not going out and getting on a dating app. Like I'll just really enjoy my time with my friends. I think. Right. Uh, No farmers.com for you. Well, maybe. (laughs) Who's to say? I mean, let's see where the road takes us. Um, no, I think never for, never. for me, I have said it, to the point, like, you don't know until you know. Yeah. But from everything I don't know right now, I think I would probably just be single for the rest of my life. Um, but I'm certainly not hating on anyone who is just seeking happiness yeah. and seeking partnership. partnership. I know it's been one of, I know I mess with Casey a lot uh, when we talk. Um, and I kid about him a lot, but he is the greatest joy in my life. And Aww. I mean, he has made life worth living. It's because you don't have a dog. Just remember Christmas is around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I'll get a car. <laughs> Nothing will be less interesting to me. Um, so, well, did we go deep enough? Were we sad I enough? I feel like we really went in. We went all in. Uh, so on that same note though, of just, I think Jean Smart did such a nice job in this episode. She did really, she was amazing in this episode. You guys don't know she's a really good actor. That's what they keep saying. That's what they keep saying. Yeah. She really had range to go from Charlene as we know her to heartbreak Charlene. Well, who's always like really like up and up in, um, just a, a happy person. She sees the good in all things all the time. Um, I think we talk a lot about, we have it. This hasn't happened a lot this season, but last season it was just time after time. Charlene, get it together. You gotta, you know, be able to see some things here coming. Um, because she's such a believer and such a positive person that I think sometimes she gets, smacked in the face by reality kind of hard but she always got up really quickly again and this is like a time i think we maybe she's just been knocked around a little too much by love or something um and happy people can be sad too of course i, I thought I, that was i hear we feel all the range of emotions <laughs> i as appreciated i appreciated watching that personality type go through their version of 
heartbreak and depression. I liked how she kind of steeled herself. Like, it was almost like she told him when he basically broke things off, you're not getting my tears. Yeah. And walked out the door. And then he got all her tears, but he didn't get he to didn't see him. He didn't get him. to see him. And I appreciated that about it. Yeah. Uh, I had took a picture of, is it, I think it's a stole that Julia's wearing. A stole? I think. I think that's what they're called. I'll show you a picture of it. This was one of my general reactions. So it might take me a minute to find it. So we won't wait on that. Can I ask you your general reaction? I know we've met Bill before. Yes. But in this episode, can I ask your general reaction to him in this episode? Do you think he's He's the favorite. Romantic? I think he's my favorite guy so far. Really? Out of the ones we've met. Mm-hmm. Huh. Because I think they've been pretty... Okay, well, we haven't gotten into things I don't like. He actually says something that I don't love to Charlene. Um, But on the whole, there's something about him that seems like he's just a good guy. I get the sense he's a good guy. Some of his lines make me cringe. Oh, yeah. They're just sort of like sometimes a little over the top or like creepy almost. Or like unbelievable coming from a man it's too romantic it's like the things maybe a woman would want a man right, to say versus right. the things a man would actually say so it's hard for me to give myself to him because i'm like well you don't have to give yourself to him emotionally i oh, do okay i need okay. to invest in this relationship if it's gonna work out <laughs> she has a picture for me this is a stole see the pink thing on her shoulder <laughs> Yes, it is very elaborate, and it is so funny you took a picture of that because I was re-watching the episode, and I was like, what the heck is that? Why is she wearing that? So, you guys, she has like a pink fur thing it over looks her like a pink something that got ran over in the middle of the street and she threw it over her shoulder and my question was like, like a pelt what is she accomplishing with that it doesn't is go it, with the outfit or is it like she cold i don't just the one shoulder it's just one shoulder yeah so i i don't know it just stood out to me maybe um i'm, I'm not gonna make any promises but if i remember maybe i'll throw that up on social media but i just thought that was interesting uh my other general reaction my last one, woohoo! Short for me, um, is Julia referring to her re- her reaction over Reese not proposing in season one oh. <laughs> as all very innocent, quote unquote. I think that's a convenient interpretation, no? Because mm. I think she had a pretty rough time with it. She did, which was fine. Also, this notion related that Charlene has let herself go. And doesn't care about her appearance. That's what Julia says. She's in a full face of makeup and her hair's deflated. I was going to say her hair was a little bit uh, matted in a couple of places, but she was in a very cute, clean looking robe. There wasn't one stain on it. Mm -mm. Or hole. (laughs) No holes. (laughs) It was like a nice robe. You know, I think just in general, Charlene, when they came to visit her, in her apartment. And this is why earlier I chose the wording to say her version of a dark moment. Mm-hmm. Because even a depressed Charlene was still pulled together. She was still a, like all of the things they were accusing her of doing, like calling into the Home Shopping Network to order an electric saw. There was a perfectly rational explanation for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it Like all was very orderly and tidy. 
She just needed to sit in it for a little while. Just sit in the gunk. Which I think is good. That's super healthy. The thing, though, I, I will say, though, that I didn't necessarily take it to be a character choice to be in full makeup. I took that more as, like, it's a TV show. So oh, sure. put her in full makeup. Right. Um, she didn't look... I think it was a natural full face of makeup. So I think that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As natural as they could pull off in 87. Yeah. They tried so hard. Um, so outside of general reactions and things, um, things that you liked about this episode. I thought there was a large concentration of comedic relief right at the beginning of the episode. Yes. Which I think maybe foreshadowed how the rest of the episode was going to feel, how heavy the rest of it was going to be. Foreshadowed might not be the right word. Maybe it just like sets it off or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but the whole Bubba Dwayne bit at the beginning, I thought that was really well done. These are the two guys at the stoplight who told Julia and Mary Jo they loved them. And uh, Mary Jo does this whole thing where she's like, it's just amazing to me these people are still out there in the world. Like, it's sort of like that Japanese soldier who stumbled out of the forest eight years after World War II. I mean, I just want to shake him and say, Bubba, Dwayne, it's over. I just thought that was so funny. And those people still exist. It was great. Well, <laughs> some of those descriptors, just so people know... Is they were in a big red truck, gun rack on the back, duck hunters hats on, Playboy key hanging from the rearview mirror. Um, I think the only thing they could have done to set it off a little bit more is maybe some truck nuts. <laughs> and some camo. Mm-hmm. There was no mention of camo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in like sort of that same little bit, uh, Suzanne says, you and Charlene always attract the redneck element. I wonder why that is. And Mary Jo says, no, you don't. <laughs> That was funny. I thought a lot of the ladies' interactions in this one were good. That whole mental image of Suzanne playing hard to get with a man in the ICU. Oh, right. That was very funny. (laughs) Um, Julia says, why not be a little more direct? Open the door naked, then slam his hand in it. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. I love that line. (laughs) She may be on to something. Who knows? I thought Anthony's reaction to the man on the street quizzes that they give was really funny. Hey, Anthony, you're a man. What do you think about? You're a man. Uh Uh-huh, I am. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was... um, that was that was the last little bit of comedic time, a comedic uh, interjection that I grabbed because I just thought his that whole interaction was very funny. He's so funny. Well, we do get a little bit more of a lighter note when we have that home shopping conversation oh, uh-huh. from Suzanne hearing um, Charlene like or see I guess hearing her on the TV she heard her, calling yeah. in um, <laughs> her interpretation of how she's doing. Uh, she's up but she has a plan. (laughs) What did she buy? A man's wedding ring and an electric power saw. And they're like, all right, get the keys. We're going. And how she put it all together, it was Charlene. She sounded like her. Oh, and then she said her name was Charlene Frazier. (laughs) That was the giveaway. (laughs) She's quick. Can't slide nothing by her. I just, I loved all of the funny stuff in the episode. I liked that. Well, so... Not funny, but the more, like, melodramatic scenes. I did, on second watch, like, Julia's conversation with Bill. Okay. And what she had to say about losing Hayden. Um, And she talks about those first five years after she lost him. And then how meeting Reese, like, brought her out of, like, 
basically she said like she just lost those years and she talks about what a rough period that was and everything it's a little lackluster since we've met reese and we're not as excited by him i know the part she said that did resonate with me is she said basically like it was like he took this ghost that i had been hiding from and invited him right into our relationship that does feel like reese to take control of a situation and say like you're being ridiculous he's part of your life He's now part of my life. And I I love that. Yeah. And I've had a few friends, parents, um, who have oftentimes been, been like parents to me um, over the years who have lost their significant other and gone on and remarried. Mm-hmm. And... Though, and, and sometimes it's um, actually, and I think in both instances that are coming to mind immediately, it's uh, they've married widowers and they very much so recognize that this is like a second time around and they very much so um, talk about their past relationships because that was a huge part of who they are um, and they honor those relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very, I think that's very precious. Mm -hmm. And so I really like that. Um, and (sighs) where Charlene and Bill make up, it's pretty melodramatic, Mm -hmm. but I was into it. Okay. Good. (laughs) Good. Good. I can't, I can't, uh, fake your voice squeaking out, but, um, so that was mine. What about what you didn't like? So you asked before about like how I feel about Bill Mm -hmm. and I do like him. I think what I didn't like was this line between the two of them. Charlene tells Bill that men don't take her seriously. And then he says, Charlene, you just have this quality that puts men in mind of other things. And all I could think if I was her, I'd be like, thanks? I feel like everybody says that to Charlene. And it's, I'm not masculine enough to understand it. I I mean, I get it. And I understand what the other things are. I understand and that. And I understand her legs up to there and all of that. Oh. But I feel like it's just so... It's so unfair to her character because she is so much more than just a pair of long legs and everything else that comes with that package. It's so weird. I think Jean Smart's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't think of her as like va 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 voom. Like she's not. I think it's more of the package though too, because she's also going to be. She's a kind. She's the kind of woman that. Um, and we're being very heterocentric here right now. Okay. But she's the kind of woman that builds a man up. You know what I'm saying? So it's more than just, and she's very beautiful. Um, but it's also this idea that I think that she does fall into that category of feeling like, um, a man is a manly man and a Hmm. woman does womanly things. And I do think a lot of men really eat that up. Um, especially of that generation. Yeah, I, I don't just, think I don't think our generation gets quite as jazzed about that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, or at least the one I live with. <laughs> I I just don't know if that I don't know how that vibes with putting them in the the mind of doing other things. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought their mind was always on doing other things. So I guess it depends <laughs> on like what trope are we talking about? Right, <laughs> right. But whatever it was, I think I I just think I know he was trying to be complimentary. Yeah. I think just to be clear about my point here, my point is if I was her, 
And I was trying to say this thing like, men, people never take me seriously. And right. they're like, I can't because I want to do you on right. this couch. Right, right, right. I don't think that would make you be feel what better. I wanted to hear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being honest, but. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my only other thing was Charlene's dress at the end. I hated it. I didn't take a picture. Uh, yeah, it looked like a doily. Yeah, I mean, after all this, he's like, uh, ooh, look at this uh, yeah. uh, yeah. Right, eyes shooting out of the head. <laughs> right. And then she steps out, and I was like, kind of Victorian. Sure it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, eh. It was shapeless. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, uh, the only thing I didn't like is sort of a cop-out. I just didn't like mm. seeing Charlene sad because I like Charlene when she's happy. Oh no, I my heart broke that. for her. Yeah. Um, but I, but in in saying that, I did appreciate that they showed both sides of her when she was her happiest and her when she was experiencing the heartbreak. I think that's important, but it just made me sad. Well, let's get you out of that slump. Let's do it. Are you ready to rate this sucker? I am. Okay. What's your rating scale? Buttons on my day. Oh, okay. That's what Anthony said. He said, I love those little man on the street quizzes. They're just like little buttons on my day. Yeah, that was cute. I like that. Uh, I'm giving it four out of five. Okay. As we're talking, I'm realizing I probably meant three. Um, but four, I'll get you. Know, sure. Sure, I'm going to give it four. I like Charlene getting her fairy tale. I appreciated that we were able to resolve this rift between the two of them very quickly. Mm. I didn't have to go two episodes. I didn't have to wait till next week to find out. And that right there is worth three stars. <laughs> Just wrap it right up. If they're going to end up together, put them together. Uh, so I appreciated that. I loved the commentary on games in relationships sort of at the beginning of the episode where Suzanne is like, yeah, you got to make them want you. You got to blah, blah, blah. And Julia just being like, oh my God, I'm too old for this. No, that's such a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Just like tell him what you think. Uh, I appreciated that. What about you? I gave it four and a half out of five stints in a fuzzy bathrobe. Um, and I think, I don't know. It's four just, and a half? I did. Wow, that last scene really did you in, didn't it? Not, it wasn't really, I don't know. I just, I, it was a lot. All the it was the kiss we, in the rain, wasn't it? It was the kiss in the rain. I knew it. I'm such a sucker for a kiss in the rain. <laughs> I'm always saying it. Um, but <laughs> said it before, I'll say it again. I'll say it every time. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I think I, um, there were so many funny scenes that I really enjoyed. And then it, they took me around the emotional bend. And then, I mean, I only had two things I didn't like. And one of them was her dress. So. <laughs> but the dress was supposed to be a character on its own. Oh, so Such a big deal. I was supposed to fall in love with her. Um, so. She was supposed to put you in the mind of other things. That's right. I mean, please don't. Um, so that was mine. Okay. Combination of either 80s, Southern, or unknown references. I don't have anything for these first two categories. Okay. I'll come back in at Southern references. Okay. So I only had the 80s things, and I just put in home shopping. Oh, right. Um, I, it just felt of its heyday. I think I looked at, and the date seemed, it, it started like in 79. So it does feel of the eighties. I do think that was its heyday. I do think it's worth saying that I follow a couple of influencers who promote things that are for sale on the home shopping network. Sure. Yeah. It, it's it crazy is crazy to me. Definitely still in existence. I think 
the I, I just think most most people are probably just Amazoning. Yeah. Um, and I think the tenants are the same. Be careful what you're drinking. <laughs> you may not want to buy if you're emotional or bored. <laughs> um, okay, so Southern Things. Suzanne reading that copy of Atlanta Magazine in the opening. Oh, okay. That's what she's sitting there reading. And I didn't realize it was Atlanta Magazine until you pointed it out to me. So mm. I have to go back and look at I that. I can't find the actual cover. So I think we might need Atlanta Magazine's help. Um, discerning whether it's a real magazine cover or not. Mm. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, the way you said you were hopping back in at Southern Things. Well, I'm hopping in for the one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got the one. What do you want? I mean, it was Atlanta Magazine. It's a real magazine. That's a good catch. It's a real thing. Um, so her, Suzanne, saying, I done shook my finger at him. That's borderline country. Mm. <laughs> She got, she, you're coming in there with the I done. Yeah. Uh, Bubba and Dwayne, which sure. we covered. Right. Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, another one. I haven't heard about him in a while. Uh, we also get mention of the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm. Charlene mentions that she's writing them a letter because they're saying they won't let women be ministers. Mm -hmm. And they are laying groundwork for a later episode, which I thought was interesting. Gulf Shores was also another one. Oh, yeah. And then... Uh, that was it for me, though. <laughs> what, a, what a lovely transition. <laughs> I think both of us got our, um, our, our tapping fingers tired by references that we had to look up because yeah. there was like a thousand. Yeah. You want to get us started? I will. So I've got three that stuck out to me. Okay. That, I mentioned it earlier, that Japanese soldier coming out of the jungle eight years after World War II. Oh, uh-huh. Um, so I didn't find the exact story as she like briefly summarized it, but I did find several accounts of Japanese soldiers who continued fighting long after the Japanese surrendered to the Allied forces in August 1945. Um, and then there were several stories of uh, – soldiers who like disappeared into the woods and lived off the land. Mm -hmm. So they didn't continue. So some people continued fighting like local police. Um, but these people just sort of like went into the woods and lived off the land. They just ate whatever they could find. So the last verified quote unquote holdout surrendered in 1974. So the, the Japanese surrender was in 45. Wow. This was 74. Um, the soldier Hiru Onada was a Japanese army intelligence officer. He was persuaded to come out of hiding by a former comrade in the Philippines. Um, according to a story I found, this is what I quoted from the story. Mr. Onada, now 83, wept uncontrollab uncontrollably as he agreed to lay down his rifle, unaware that Japanese forces had surrendered 29 years earlier. He returned to Japan the same year, but in unable to adapt to life in his home country, he emigrated to Brazil in 1975. Wow. So there were unverified accounts into maybe the early 90s of um, former Japanese soldiers who had been hidden either like in the local woods or in the local community um, had just sort of been in hiding. But that was that was the most recent verified account. Man, that's crazy. It's wild, right? Um, also, he was kind of like an older soldier. To have been living... Oh, you mean... Oh, yeah, he would have good. been in his 50s. Yeah, I think he was a... Um, yeah, he was an intelligence officer, so, mm -hmm. yeah. 
Wow. That's really interesting because you don't hear about stuff like that. Not Mm -mm. really. Um, And it's buried in such a weird little reference in this episode. Yeah. I mean, I I had heard of like the general idea of some of that, but I definitely haven't ever looked like really closely into any of that. So, yeah. Huh. There was also a reference to Shelley Winters in Bloody Mama. Yes. Um, So I'm going to be honest with you that I was thinking Shelley Duvall. The uh, lady, the actress who played the wife in The Shining. Same. So <laughs> when I looked up Shelley Winters, I was like, oh, not the same person. Yes. Uh, but anyway, this is a movie about Ma Barker, who is a Missouri native. Um, so her claim to fame is that she was the mother of several American criminals who ran the Barker Carpus gang during the public enemy era when the exploits of gangs of criminals in the Midwest gripped the American people and the press. She traveled with her sons during their criminal careers. At one point, J. Edgar Hoover proclaimed her one of history's most dangerous criminal minds. Yeah, I so I also looked all of this up. I thought it was um, also fascinating. Something that I really like about this show is what I'm saying when we get to dig into the references. Um, yeah, I I did. I, somehow I missed the fact that she was from Missouri. Oh, <laughs> so that feels like a really strong connection point. Yeah. Um, but I also did you? I pulled the trailer. No. We'll drop this in our notes. But I the only reason I bring the trailer up is to say so. This is in 1970. It seems really ahead of its time. Oh, really? Yeah. I, cause oh. I, I don't feel like movies were quite as violent around mm. that time, and this seemed fairly violent. Um, and then also, what just year did you say? Seventy. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, not to say that there weren't other movies sure. that were whatever right. around this time. I mean, Rosemary's Baby came out in like 68, I think. Someone will tell me I'm wrong. It's fine. Um, and that was like a very shocking movie for the times, but definitely um, in the minority at that mm-hmm. time period, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what else did you have? That one. You know, uh, the last one I had was Jane Wyman in Falcon Crest. Mm-hmm. Um this is really isn't that interesting. It was just an evening soap opera that aired through the 80s about a very wealthy family. I think the part that was most interesting about the show Falcon Crest mm-hmm. was that it was developed by the same person who developed the Waltons. Yeah. And I would not put the Waltons in an evening soap opera category. Well, that's... So I think uh, what I read was that he looked at the Waltons. He wanted to do the exact opposite. Yeah. And then... I well, think, he succeeded, it sounds like. Well, CBS also gets a hold of it and says, no, 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 Dallas is doing really well, so you need to make it basically Dallas. Mm-hmm. But set, fine. You can put it wherever you want, but it needs to be Dallas. So they did that, but they made it a, like a vineyard, maybe? Mm-hmm. They're like a vineyard family? <laughs> because Jane Wyman, she plays Angela Channing, the tyrannical matriarch of the vineyard, <laughs> which I hope to be one day. <laughs> I hope I'm described as that one day. I hope when you ask me the question of what historical character. What's your most marked characteristic, one might ask? I'm the matriarch, the tyrannical matriarch. I thought you were going to say that the thing that you thought was the most whatever interesting was that Jane Wyman was married to Ronald Reagan in real life. Oh. I don't know why, but I thought it, it caught me by surprise. I mean, I knew he was an actor, but. I limited my search to Falcon Crest. I didn't actually look into Jane Wyman as you're saying that. I'm realizing that's what happened. It just, uh, I didn't mean for it to. <laughs> <laughs> it just popped up in whatever I you looked up to, to figure out. It, it's funny, huh? <laughs> it happens, I hear. Uh, but I did think it was interesting we got a reference to her Who's like, she, so she's like a matriarch of, 
this vineyard, Mm-mm, a, a tyrannical. tyrannical. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but also in the same episode that we get to Ma Barker slash mm-hmm. Bloody Mama, who's also kind of like this tyrannical figure. Um, so I don't know, me me me, not not that interesting, I guess. <laughs> but I told you anyway. <laughs> uh, so I had some others. One was dance cards. Mm-hmm. Only- I thought about looking those up. <sighs> So, like, we know what a dance card is. It's not like we ever used one. They had definitely fallen out of popularity. You didn't use one at prom? I'm not that old. (laughs) But for anybody who may not pick up on that reference, I guess I just kind of got interested and looked it up. Um, What I did not realize is that people also kept them as souvenirs. Oh. Yeah, so they would make them very decorative. Oh. So you weren't just, so like an attending woman records whom she'll dance with at a given point in a ball or a dance. Um, But like, they would also keep them afterwards. I thought that was kind of neat. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I find that more interesting than the the need to do that. I also thought, do you like it? You like being organized. Are you into it? Keeping your dance card? No, like having one. So you can organize your dances. I worried mine would be empty. That's what I thought about mine. (laughs) (laughs) And here are my dance cards. They're all empty. (laughs) But they're beautiful. (laughs) I'm thinking of the lady in uh, A League of Their Own, Marla Hooch. I love Marla Hooch. She ended up happy. She ended up happy. Yeah. (laughs) Good old Marla. She really knew how to hit a ball. (laughs) So what I didn't know is that this is also where the phrase pencil me in came from. Oh, I always thought they were just talking about like, you know, an agenda, right? A scheduler. Yeah. And I assume that people were using pencils. And so, uh, well, it depends. I like, if I like you, I use a pen. If I'm not so sure about you, I pencil you in and then erase you later. And that's what apparently a bunch of women were doing to these men. There you go. Except for me. Because I would have never been pinning or penciling anyone. <laughs> I would have sat next to you. Aw. We could have been <laughs> could have decorated our cards together. That's right. Glue gunning. <laughs> you want to go toss around a softball? <laughs> well, all these other women are parading around all these dudes. Anyways, sadness. <laughs> I didn't know who the Mills brothers were. Oh, and, I don't remember that reference. Well, so it's when they're like listening to music at the beginning. Oh. I was very sad because apparently I'm like just sad that how did I not know who these people were? So originally known as the Four Kings of Harmony, they're like an American jazz quartet. Hmm. Um, they made more than 2,000 recordings that sold more than 50 million copies. And they had at least three dozen gold records. I knew not who they were. Pulled their music, didn't recognize it. But I thought it was good. So there you go, guys. Listen to the Mills Brothers. They're a thing. Hmm. Uh, Mickey Gilly. I also didn't know who that was. Hmm. Um, An American country music singer and songwriter who moved into pop music in the 80s. All I found was a bunch of covers. I think he's the one who, I think he is doing a cover of the song that plays at the very end. Oh. Uh, Jimmy Swaggart. We've talked about him before. He's the Pentecostal televangelist, and he had a little prostitute scandal bubble up in 1988. Literally, that's what I said on the episode. We talked about it. Literally, that's what you did. (laughs) I wish I had it right here to do a back-to-back. The reason, one of the reasons I wanted to mention this is because 
a couple of episodes back, we were talking about Jim Baker. Oh, right. And Tammy Faye thought that, husband. yeah. And thought that he got referenced in the Nashville episode, but it was actually Jimmy Swagger. Right. I know because this all took me down a really big rabbit hole. Sorry. Um, oh, don't worry about that. Um, the only thing I wanted to say other than this is that actually though, there is a connection to Jimmy Baker. Um, which is that Jimmy Swagger publicly accused Jim Baker of immoral sexual behavior <laughs> before he went down for his own issues. Those in glass houses, my I'm friends. telling you, rocks, rocks, rocks. Um, Swagger is also related to Mickey Gilly and Jerry Lee Lewis. I was hoping, because I just pulled up Mickey Gilly, because I was like, I should know who this person is. So they're I was all, hoping you'd come back to that. They're all cousins. Well, then I can close that down. Well, <laughs> well that makes sense. <laughs> We're all cousins. <laughs> all of us. <laughs> I don't know. I can make that joke. You uh, can make that joke. <laughs> um, so, Vanna White. Oh. I, we all know who she is. <laughs> I just needed to say she makes $10 million a year. Did you know that? I knew she made a lot, which really makes her the smartest one of all of us. I know. I couldn't stop thinking about it after I looked that up. I was like, I'm just the wrong path. Her dance card was full. It was. She's beautiful. That's how she's getting 10 million an episode. Anyways, Bob Barker, um, host of Price is Right for 35 years and Truth or Consequences, about 20 years, if anybody didn't know about that. And the rest of them, I'm going to give you guys a break. There's other references in the show, but we'll move on. Uh, so I will let the rest of these go except for to say that very song at the end you don't know me is so good it reminds me of my best friend's wedding mm. and i think that might be mickey gilly singing it oh um and i'm i think i'm more familiar with uh it's a version uh, by cindy walker mm. that's really good so you guys look up cindy walker not to be confused with cindy lopper not to be confused with cindy lopper but you can if you want to Cut lines. Uh, there are two I'll mention. Uh, one is just a Gloria Steinem reference that Suzanne makes oh, uh, when mm-hmm. she's telling him to play. Um, what is the word? Hard <laughs> to get. <laughs> Empty dance card. Uh, when okay. she's saying to telling them to play hard to get, um, somebody says, women don't do that anymore. And Suzanne says, oh, fooey, they do it. They just do it behind Gloria Steinem's back. Thought that was funny, given your extra sugar in season one. Yeah. Um, and there was a big old cut at the beginning of Charlene and Bill's dinner before the MTV stuff. Uh, to your point about that website being challenging, I didn't copy and paste it. It was really long, and I was going to have to transcribe. It's too hard. Um, but basically, they're showing off pictures of their families. He says he doesn't want to talk about his previous marriage. That's where he mentions a Baptist dress, which is what he says to her when she shows up, when he calls her at the end of the episode. Um, he says, can you wear the Baptist dress? She shows up and he says, that's not a Baptist dress. That's where it's mentioned for the first time. That's why it's, why it comes up at all. She's wearing a dress and he says, that doesn't look like it. basically a dress a Baptist person would wear. Cause it's very revealing mm. and sensual. Well, I also felt like that whole part really kind of puts a fine point on the fact he's not ready to yes. talk about his wife. So it's dropping some serious hints. Yep. So it might feel a little less like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I probably should have written the whole line down. But yes, there was a lot in there that made you, that opened your eyes to Bill a little bit more, I think. Right. Did you have other cut lines? Um, not that I felt like were significant, no. All right. So next episode, episode 15. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. 
So as always, you can follow along and engage with us, Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. Our email address is sweetteatvpod at gmail.com, www.sweetteatv.com. And next, we're going to do Extra Sugar, where we're going to talk about the Hollywood trope of kissing in the rain. Well, you know what that means. What? It means we'll be talking about kissing in the rain, but also (laughs) it means we'll see you around the bin. Bye. Welcome to this week's edition of Extra Sugar. This week I want to tackle the hallmark of a good romance scene, the kiss in the rain. So in this episode, um, we don't get the full-on like rain-drenching the main character's make-out scene. We don't get the whole schmooch in the rain. What we get is the rain behind Charlene as she's, she opens the door and you can see it's raining behind her. Um, she's wearing a rain jacket. Her hair is slightly wet. Uh, and there's a comment by Bill that the weather's turned so they can't make their flight. Yes. So I'm counting it. Okay. Um, so I want to be real honest with people that a few months back, Selena and I did a pre-screen of all these episodes because of my like need to know things in advance. I wanted to map out our extra sugars. We wanted to be um, really thoughtful about planning them out, making sure they tracked with either, you know, something on the calendar, a certain holiday or certain something interesting in the episode. So my first knee jerk reaction in this episode was we got to do something on Hollywood kisses in the rain. And then later Selena came back in and was like, so we talked about doing kisses in the rain. And I was like, yeah, no, that's stupid. We're not doing that. Sorry. That was a dumb idea. And then Selena came back and was like, no, but here's like 14 articles where this is a thing. And I was like, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. So we're doing it. So I don't know. We'll see where we go from here. So here we are. And here we are. Hopefully I didn't screw this up. I know. Let's see. So um, I found a website, and it's possible this was one of the links that you shared, Selena, but um, it's called Tropedia. It defines Mm -hmm. a kiss in the rain as the hero and heroine, (laughs) usually a will they or won't they couple, are outdoors when rain or other inclement weather kicks up. They take shelter in the same house, cave. (laughs) cave or car and one thing leads to another this is a subtrope of snowden it's closely related to together umbrella see also snow means love and happy rain <laughs> uh, tvtropes.com adds it's implied that if you can ignore bad weather and brave the elements then your big moment is even more real intense and genuine If you want to be deserving of your love, you won't care if it's raining. You'll rush out into the rain to be with him or her. Express what's on your mind and have the big damn kiss. Yeah. Wow. There you go. So, Selena, with all that in mind, how would you like to play a game of how many of these epic kisses in the rain have you seen? I would love to play that game. Okay. And I'm just so glad that someone took the time to define this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, very seriously. Right. It's very serious. Okay, so have you ever seen the movie Sliding Doors? Oh, boy. Yes, but I, outside of knowing it was in the late 90s and starred Gwyneth Paltrow, I remember very little about it. Okay, so you don't remember The Kiss in the Rain? I don't even remember who the guy is. Uh, I could show you Brad the picture Pitt? and you'd probably know him. No, he doesn't look like Brad Pitt. 
I've never seen the movie. Okay. Um, so let me, I should have started by saying this is a list I found on madamnoir.com of the 15 best kissing in the rain scenes from movies. Okay. So the first one is sliding door. So I just want to know if you've seen this um, and if you remember the kiss. Yeah. So I don't remember okay. that. So no sliding door. Do you? I've never seen the movie. Oh, brain. Uh, although I did hear a really interesting interview with Gwyneth Paltrow on Armchair Expert. She's fantastic. She's I very really like her. Fascinating. She yeah. is she's a multifaceted woman. I know. I want to like pay more attention to Goop and stuff now. I also have heard that interview. I feel like Goop people people rail on Goop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there's more to her than meets the eye. Is it possibly like an off mic conversation we had about how people like know like maybe one yep. inch of a mile and then decide to just jump on the bandwagon? Yep. Yeah. And they have trouble separating a celebrity's life that's lived off camera that they never get to see with the person they think they know. Mm-hmm. So she made some comments toward the end about like uh, getting into a relationship with her current husband and how, um, you know, they're bringing their families together. And it just made me realize like she seems very level headed about the way she's raising her kids, very thoughtful about the way they're merging their families. They didn't just take a staycation to Atlanta and throw them all together. Side note. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes. You've seen that movie and you know The Kiss in the Rain. Yes. Is it good? So good. Super romantic? I love that movie so much. Okay. Yeah. It's that one. Am I okay to talk a little bit about it? Yes, please. Okay. Um, That one is really good because, first of all, Breakfast at Tiffany's is iconic. It's Audrey Hepburn. If you don't know from sitting in my closet after all these months, (laughs) I am a fan of... Audrey Hepburn. All that sounds weird together, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, anyways, and um, she is a fantastic actor. She was a wonderful person in real life. I can't say enough good things about her. Um, but I think what was really fantastic in that movie is she had a lot of problems. Mm. And like this idea of like overcoming something to be with someone. I think also she was just kind of overcoming herself and mm. some some problems that she had with um, love or like even just the idea of like committing to anything. Um, I just like, it was, I mean, it was very like high drama, but it felt warranted. Mm. It was very good. So yes. Sweet home Alabama. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I've seen this one. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Super good one. Mm -hmm. Actually in thinking about kisses in the rain, that's one that came to mind for me. Um, yeah. There's a kissing in the rain scene in Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm assuming it's with uh, Orlando Bloom and Kira. Yes. Yeah. Okay. In the middle. Like we're best friends or something like Kira. In the middle of a battle on a ship in stormy weather, Orlando Bloom grabs Kira Knightley, dips her backward, is inches away from kissing her, and has to turn back to fight off an attacker. This sounds, okay, yeah, this sounds right. I don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember, like, rain, though. I've seen it. I don't really remember that being super. Uh, Garden State? I have never seen Garden State. I've seen it. I don't remember that kiss, but apparently it is um, a kiss between Zach Braff and Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Uh, let's see. In the Land of Women? Oh, okay. Adrian Brody? I've seen it. Nope, sorry. Adam Brody? And Kristen Stewart. Oh, okay. Who's the kiss with? It says he falls in love with his cancer-ridden cougar next-door neighbor, Meg Ryan. 
Yes, but he's like I think I think Kristen Stewart is her daughter. Oh, okay. So, that would make sense. Yeah. This is ringing familiar to me. For some reason, I thought they kind of had like a thing in that movie. Maybe they just had really good chemistry. Do you remember the kiss in the rain? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Love Jones? I have not seen it. Okay. There's a good kiss in that one, apparently. Spider-Man? Spider-Man, yes. The upside down kiss? Yes. That was like, would I would have probably at first thought that was like my favorite oh. standout one. That doesn't come to mind to me when I think of it, but in all my research for this segment, which, believe it or not, I have researched a lot for this segment, um, it was one of the ones that just kept popping up. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's super iconic. Uh, how Stella Got Her Groove Back? Seen it. Don't remember A Kiss in the Rain. This one's Tay Diggs and Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Notebook. Oh, yeah. <sighs> When I think of Kisses in the Rain, that's the one I think of. Super romantic. Noah and Allie. I'm going to share an unpopular opinion. I don't think it's unpopular, but go ahead. Oh. Um, I, eh, that's fine. Yeah. I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. Really? Because everybody, time goes I think, on, is like, Ugh, I love that movie. The more time goes on, the thing that we're trying to do thoughtfully and carefully, I think a lot of people are not trying to do thoughtfully and carefully, which is holding that movie to a standard. Um that maybe doesn't track with today. Mm. So, you know, the oh, way he treats her, the way she treats him, those aren't, that's not hallmarks of romance. That's just, you know, emotional abuse. I don't agree with that. I think it's super romantic. Oh, see, I, I didn't mean for that. It wasn't from right. that kind of angle. For me, I was just, I think, we've had this conversation before. Sometimes when things are just so popular, and then I go and watch it, I'm like, it's too much hype. It was like I just couldn't get there. It's one of the most romantic movies I've ever seen. Definitely it's romantic. I think the other thing is, is like, I'm not really into romance that much. Yeah, see, I think I am to an extent. And this one really, there's a, there's a Netflix movie right now called Christmas in a Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Brooke Shields mm-hmm. and Carrie Elwes. Mm-hmm. Carrie Elwes? I never say it right. From Prince's Bride. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, I've, I'm like walking on the treadmill, watching this, holding my heart and going, oh, are they, are, are they, are they, or are they not? <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> okay. One of those two. The quiz at hand, Selena. Castaway. Sorry. Do you remember kissing the rain and Castaway? What, did he kiss the ball? It was his wife. Um, so he is Castaway. And when he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is like my tiny door definition. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> See, it's not just me. He's abandoned on an island. Well, she finds love while he's gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, when he comes back, they share a kiss in the rain where they basically let each other go. Oh. I vaguely remember it. Mm. Match point? Uh, I have seen it, yes. I did not enjoy that movie. Apparently, there's a Scarlett Johansson, Jonathan Reese Myers kiss in the rain. Um, it's weird. The whole movie's weird. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dear John, another one of the uh, I would Nicholas Sparks. That. I saw it on a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's romantic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Channing Tatum and the girl whose name I can't remember. Is it Amanda Seyfried? Yes. Yep, that's her. Uh, we covered sliding doors, and I think we're down to – we have two more – Great Expectations. Oh. This is Gwyneth Paltrow again. Uh, uh Uh-huh. 
and uh, Ethan. Ethan Hawk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I saw that. I don't remember A Kiss in the Rain. There are like three. And I don't remember liking it. Cool, cool. So, but I was also, that was a really adult movie for me to be watching at like 12. And then Australia? With Nicole Kidman? And Hugh Jackman? I never saw that. I have never heard of this. Oh, uh-huh. But apparently they kiss in the rain. It's oh, very yeah. romantic. I should have been keeping track of how many that you've seen. It seemed like a fair amount. Yeah, what's the... What, There's no prize what's the or anything. In this game? There's no prize or anything. Oh, okay. Do you have an all-time favorite? So it's... I have three that I put on the list. Okay. That stick out for me. Two you talked about, one you didn't. And I think I know why you didn't share the last one we'll get there but breakfast at tiffany's mm-hmm. is on my list spider-man is on my list mm-hmm. and then bridget jones oh you know that was on a couple of lists i read technically snow mm. so technically precipitation yeah so mm-hmm. i'm gonna count it some people counted it i would count it i think that one is gonna be my favorite and here's why okay because it is romantic but it's my kind of romantic where there's like a slice of not realistic realistic to it okay which is have you seen Bridget mm-hmm. Jones okay do you remember that scene I don't okay so it's at the very end <gasps> she slides she like falls is there uh, a fall involved she, is that the second she may, one she may I don't I don't know I don't remember a fall she could maybe like trip a little when she something very down. unladylike I feel like happens I'm getting there okay okay so i didn't know that that falling was <laughs> you fell and broke your arm you're not even a lady um but anyways so she realizes that mark darcy's the one it's not important what happens spoiler alert for a 2001 movie um but she races down because he's already left it's london it's snowing when she runs downstairs, she doesn't put on any pants because she's so excited. She just throws on like a long cardigan mm-hmm. and she runs down in underwear. And she's like, because that's just the kind of character she is where she's so absent-minded and like just so focused on something else that she gets down there. She starts like giving her a whole like uh, mumble love diatribe and then realizes she has no pants on. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's love, guys. <laughs> Love means forgetting to put on pants when you run outside to kiss someone in the snow. The reason I bring up lady like that might not have been the right word. I remember it being something sort of like undignified. Mm-hmm. Something like all of these other oh, romance kisses. She doesn't have pants on. She's so in public. undignified. <laughs> public indecency. Uh, the definition of undignified. Uh, no, it, like all of these other romantic scenes, like all the conditions are almost perfect. Perfect, right. And it's the moment that everything swells together. And I think that's what makes that one stand out is but that it's, it. so, it's so on brand. For yeah. Bridget Jones. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, my, I also had three. Um, the Notebook is like the number one one for me. When I think romance, like that's, whatever its issues are, whatever people's issues are with it, it's a romantic movie. It is. Sure. It is what it is. It is so romantic. And when they kiss, oh, it's pure romance. Um, that Sweet Home Alabama one, I also really love. really good. Yeah. It was so good when they just realized they love each other. The way he picks her up. She's so tiny. Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. He picks her up. Oh, my uh, and there's a really good one on Schitt's Creek, Alexis and Mutt, Kiss in the Rain. Mm, okay. That's really romantic, too. So back to designing women. On a scale of one to ten big damn kisses, where would you put this one between Charlene and Bill? And, and ten being, like, ten, my favorite. Right. Being Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like a four. Oh. Yeah. 
Anything? Any explanations? Okay. <laughs> I mean, oh, maybe I should. I don't know. I just... You don't have to. Uh... Let me give mine. Okay. I give mine a six. Okay. Well, not mine. I give this a six. Um, I think it was just a hint of rain. I like the full-on downpour. Sure. Um, and this one, it was just a hint of rain, just that, like, background. She's a little bit wet. This, like, implication. Um, so I appreciate the full-on downpour. But it was really romantic, the way it they was. came back together. It was. I just, like, if I'm putting Bridget Jones, which is also happens to be one of my very favorite movies at the tippy top, mm-hmm. and then I can't can't this just doesn't too compete. close to that yeah but i do agree that it was romantic i got dang i gave the episode a high score yeah actually i probably would revise mine to a five maybe a four i think four is more of a fair score actually you may have talked me down i want to talk about one more thing which is only sort of relevant and only sort of supported by anything and i kind of alluded to this during the episode but i mentioned that i feel like charlene's living in a fairy tale right now Mm-hmm. I wanted to look back at her storyline a little bit and point to the specific tropes that it's hitting because everything about her storyline lately, I'm just like, oh yeah, of course that happened. Okay. Oh yeah, of course that happened. Um, so I spent some time with romantic tropes and rom-com tropes. I think I've already established there are some websites that really take this stuff very seriously. Mm-hmm. Truly, I didn't find very much to support my theory, but I'm sticking with this theory all the same. One of the romantic tropes is a soldier is a man in uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, the trope itself, though, is that it's the war. It's the battle. It's the something that takes him away from his love. Sure. We sort of got that in the World War II episode. Yeah, a little they bit. They exploited it in her dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean, kind of counts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, he's a soldier. So that, that feels to me like, of course, he's a soldier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, feels romantical. Another thing is his widow. So the whole idea of like a broken man sort of pining for love and trying to figure out what to do next, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. That's ringing some kind of bell with me. Charlene being kind of the ultimate example of chaste and pure, she feels like, this is such a tacky way of saying it, but like a prize for a man. That's what every man wants. And so I feel like there's something there that like... She feels so pure, and she's going to have this very romantic relationship with him, which feels tropey. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I also think that sort of it's sort of um, setting up that I think purity is a good word for the widow thing. Yeah, he's not divorced, right? Because then someone would have done something wrong, right? And that's why they used to set up widow situations in television shows and movies, and it was never divorce because that was bad. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I don't know. I just wanted to touch on that because I feel like every time her story wrinkles or every time something happens, I'm like, yeah, that feels about right to me. Mm-hmm. I like it because I like predictable. I have mm-hmm. anxiety. So I like to be able to say, like, I know what's coming next. I don't like the surprises. Um, so I like that, but I could see where someone who's maybe a little bit more critical of things than I am would be a little put off by that. I think – so I will tell you that yeah, someone might call me critical. Um and but I and and maybe not liking necessarily like an easy storyline, but I feel like Charlene has also had a number of stumbling blocks too. We talked about that in the episode, and so for that reason, I feel like if if a character has to quote unquote earn something, you know, I feel like she's been earning it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I said in the episode, I'm here for her fairy tale. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think. 
this was a nice opportunity to stop and kind of say, to point this out, because tropes really are real. Mm -hmm. They are something that kind of pervade um, our pop culture society. Like you see these things as you're watching shows. And I ended up on those trope websites and I was just sort of looking at some of the other tropes. There's like a whole page about designing women and the tropes that this incidentally wasn't on there, but there are other Hollywood tropes that they leverage for this show. Um, So it's just kind of cool to know about them. And it's Mm -hmm. funny that Kisses in the Rain was just like the first thing that I thought of. And it turns out it's a real thing. I've turned a 15 minute segment. I don't know if it's real, but I've made a segment out of it. So I'm so glad we talked about it. I think it's fun. I don't know. Like, you know, we talk, one of us tends to have serious extra sugar sometimes. So I think that it was, I'm glad that even though you thought it was a stupid idea for a second, I don't think it is. I was so mean to myself too. I was like, what an idiot. Who thought of this? So anyway, Charlene's Life's a Romance. That has been this week's edition of Extra Sugar. <laughs> 